Greetings and welcome to the Campus Lounge Coaches Show with David Carl. I'm Sandy Klopp, pleased to be rejoining David, particularly after a national championship season in 2021-22, DU's ninth national title, tying the Pioneers with Michigan for the lead in all-time national championships won, and for David Carl, a victory that uh, had to feel sweet for you as you achieved it at the age of 32 years and five months to the day. 32 years, five months, zero days, the youngest head coach to win a national title in 59 years. I wasn't even paying attention to college hockey 59 years ago, David, and I'm 65 years old. Uh, you're less than uh, half my age, but uh, uh, with considerable wisdom, I'm sure, that's come about as a result of winning your first national title. Tell us what this summer has been like for you before we really get going into the nitty gritty and talk about the opening of your season this weekend. Yeah, no, and uh, Sandy, great to have you back and um, look forward to doing this on a week-in, week-out basis um, with you and, and being live at the Campus Lounge on a number of occasions as well this year and um, very much appreciate their support. So, um, yeah, getting into the summer, I mean, it was it was an unbelievable season last year um, that, you know, things just, they, they we had a great team, things aligned for us in a big-time way as most uh, those types of seasons do. And um, so proud and happy for our guys for the work that they put in coming out of the COVID world and, and all the challenges that that, that presented here um, to us on our campus and in this community and um, really around the nation. But, but um, you know, to come out of that and to be able to put Denver hockey back on the map um, in the way that we did, was a huge accomplishment, great sense of pride and joy for, for the players, but also really for the program. And uh, the summer was was hectic. It was very busy. Um, I say in a good way um, in that it was a lot of celebrating and um, enjoying ourselves. But um, at the same time, the, the college hockey world didn't stop. And um, we had many other different challenges where we were having to um, work throughout the summer and, and get this roster set that the people are going to get to see here um, this weekend for the first time against Notre Dame. But, um, you know, to be able to be welcomed into the city by, you know, City Hall and the, the Senate and the House of Reps and uh, to go to a Rockies game and a Nuggets game and an Avalanche game. Um, you know, what a what a what a great time for our kids, uh, for them to be able to relish that and see how the community in the, the greater metro area uh, rallied around them and supported them. And and lastly, for the Avalanche to have us out to their their parade and to make us feel special in a part of that that was really um, a surprise and something that that was a lot of fun for myself and the three players that uh, were able to come with me on that day and to to celebrate and enjoy that with our great city, um, you know, is is a huge honor. So I'm excited to, you know, have hockey back at. It's certainly, I can't imagine the abs, um, how short their summer felt, um, given that we, we were, uh, we went to a regular season game right. after we won the championship and they played it for another two and a half months. But, um, it does seem a little crazy that we're getting going again already and that the NHL has started, but, um, we're thrilled to be, you know, kind of turning the page in a formal way and getting this season started, 
Uh, I want to get your your general thoughts on hockey in this community, because to win the hockey double for the first time in 50 years, Boston had the Bruins at Boston University in 1972, but it wasn't just a hockey double. It was a hockey quadruple in a sense. Denver East won a national title. A peewee team won a national title from here. So it was uh, uh, kind of a quadruple uh, in, yeah. in some ways. And you were part of history. And to think of hockey in 2022 in Denver, Colorado, making history that may not be matched in any other city at any other time, that has to make that championship that you won even more special because everybody who cares about hockey will always remember 2022 in my city. Yeah, they will for sure. Um, it was a, it was a hell of a year for, for, like you said, all of our teams, um, you know, and, and we all, I think it's such a, it's not a very big community, um, the hockey community. And then the city of Denver, it's not a sprawling metropolis like LA is or like New York is or Chicago and so um, you know I think you see that with the pro sports teams and how they engage and interact with one another at each other's games and I think it makes Denver a really unique pro sports market to be a part of but you also see it with um, I just think the level of attention that um, obviously we're paying attention to the Avs but we get plenty of coverage from uh, the nightly news and and the radio and in the newspapers and and then to see what the, the young kids did at Denver East and, and the U12 team, you know, you hear about all these things. It's not just, um, it's not just happening. I think that the community is able to rally around that and, um, and it, it takes leadership to do that. And I think the avalanche um, did it the right way. I mean, they, they invited us and Denver East and in the U12 team to be a part of their parade. And um, without that leadership at the top of the hockey food chain within our city, um, I think it's really hard for, for everyone else to really appreciate and acknowledge what the quadruple was. And, um, you know, their run just continued to spur and, and um, give, breathe new life into what our team accomplished and what the, uh, um, the U-12 team did and what Denver East did. Um, you know, so I think from that sense, it, it was great that the Avalanche really got behind the whole thing. And, and then the community did and the, the news and, and all the media and things of that nature. So, it's a great time to, to be in Denver and to be a hockey fan. And, um, you know, obviously we're, we're looking forward to another great season where, where I know both us and the Avalanche are primed and, and excited to try and follow it up again um, with a double back-to-back. I remember uh, during Pierre Lacroix's time as uh, uh, the magnificent general manager of the Avalanche uh, that he didn't like the phrase defending a championship to him. Every year was an entity unto itself. And he didn't particularly like looking back. Uh, I remember there was a Colorado Hall of Fame ceremony after the Avs won the cup in 1996. And he didn't particularly want to engage too much in looking back because to him, the 96-97 season, with or without the Stanley Cup, uh, was a challenge. Uh, that was uh, unique, uh, as it was to every other team at the time in the NHL. Do you feel something similar uh, about the championship you've won 
and your efforts, obviously, to try to win again this year with, let's face it, a different cast uh, on your top two lines or two of your lead scoring lines. You got five players to replace, 189 points to replace in your lineup with Brent Gutman, uh, Savoy, and Stapley alone. Yeah, no doubt. Um, yeah, it's, you know, to your point about Pierre, um, you know, I think I said it the other day is like, it is a brand new season. This team will have its own strengths, weaknesses, challenges, identity um, that are very different than, than last year's group. And some people would say, well, how can that be? Um, you know, you have 15 of the same people or 16 of the same people and, um, and it's, it's nine new people, you know, and, and nine new people, it's not just nine new people, it's nine people left and nine new people came in um, to your point. And so um, to me, we're, we're all at base camp. We're all trying to climb the mountain again. Um, this team is a very different team than what last year's was um, just how um, North Dakota and Notre Dame and Duluth and uh, Michigan and Minnesota, they're all different as well. And Mankato and, um, Everybody starts with a zero, zero, and zero record. And uh, there, there's no points for last year. There's no doubt about that. And um, so, yeah, it's something that we think about and we talk about. And it doesn't mean that we can't use last year as, uh, as experience or wisdom, just like any other team would through their experiences that they've had throughout their life or through their college experience in athletics. But, um, you know, for us, it's, it's trying to attack the challenges of today and um, improve every day and, and put our best foot forward to, to try and do that again, because that feeling is what uh, of, of lifting the trophy and getting the rings and eventually raising the banner. That's the feeling that that euphoria and that um, addiction uh, that you get from that um, is what you want to feel again. You know, it's a high like like nothing else. Well, we'll talk about some of those challenges, those contemporary challenges that uh, confront the DU hockey program as it heads into the 22-23 season when we continue on uh, the Campus Lounge Coaches Show with David Carl. And we continue now with the Campus Lounge Coaches Show with David Carl. And uh, David, you mentioned challenges just a few moments ago. And I guess... One of those challenges is mixing in the roughly one-third of the squad that's new with the holdovers. How do you go about achieving that at this point? Uh, I remember last year, hey, you won 31 games, you won a national championship, but you started four and four. You're playing a very tough early season schedule this year including the icebreaker games with Notre Dame and Maine coming up this weekend. Is that the main challenge in and of itself to be patient enough, maybe to withstand some of those uh, early jolts because you've got a target on your back now as a champion. Yeah, for sure. I think, um, you know, the biggest one is like you said, it's integrating the new people, um, not only on the ice, but off the ice and just personalities and how people connect and, and, and things of that nature. And um, again, the, the people who left and, and other people want those minutes. They want the, those opportunities. And 
so to try and foster and create a, uh, an environment where things are competitive, um, people are held accountable, but they're also rewarded for doing things the right way. Um, you know, to have a third of the roster new, um, you know, to hear you say that is, you know, it's like that, that's a big number, but then you think, um, seven of those nine are in the forward group. So that's seven out of 15 are brand new up front. That's half of the forward group is practically, uh, brand new and, you know, five returning defensemen, three returning goaltenders, um, you know, from our, from our top five, top six, um, obviously Lane Krenzen is back as well. So really six returning D, um, three returning goaltenders and, um, yeah, so it's, it's gonna take some trial and error and, and we've already seen that a little bit through training camp is like, you know, it's more on the offensive side cause we're figuring out spacing and offensive execution. And you can see the, um, you know, the, the air kind of come out of the rink a little bit when things aren't going well, we're not executing at a high level. And, um, the image that, that our returning players have is the frozen four and we're running on all cylinders and. Um, things are really crisp and it's fast and it's efficient. Um, and the, the message is like, Hey, we said it in all your one-on-one -on -one meetings. We've talked about it with, with the group, but like, this is what we're talking about. It's going to take some time. There's going to be some bumps in the road. We all need to, um, feel the process and feel the, 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 the lows that are going to come at us, um, this season, because that's how you grow. And, and I don't care we can talk about last year and being four and four and how that propelled us, but it's any season you have to use the lows to, to really propel you. And um, I think that is the one thing that, that could be, or can be, I should say um, a challenge is when those lows come is what's the mindset. Do you really feel it? Or do you think, um, you know, it'll, it'll be okay. We'll, we'll make the tournament. We'll turn it on then. And it'll, it'll all be okay. Um, I think it's critical to really feel the pain of the lows, not panic through it, but you have to feel it um, in order to, to propel yourself forward. So um, anyways, those would be kind of some, some thoughts on the, the new people and then the, the challenging schedule with Notre Dame, Maine, and then going to UMass and then having Providence um, in our building. It's a tough first six game set and um, the results will be the results, but we're, we're going to be focused on trying to make sure that we're growing and building um, as a team through our process. I know uh, George Kwasdecki had this philosophy and you worked with George and Jim Montgomery had this philosophy and you worked with Jim. And I'm assuming that it's your philosophy too. Uh, all you guys love to schedule tough. It's really, even if it doesn't reflect awfully well on the record early on, that's the best way to get better, isn't it? To schedule yeah. tough early in the season, whether it's uh, uh, in conference, obviously you can't control the sequence of games in conference. You know, you're playing who you're playing, but yeah. out of conference, you love to schedule tough teams. Yeah, for sure. I think um, you, you, we schedule like, for example, the next two years were, were full already. Um, 23, uh, sorry, yeah, 23, 24, 24, 25. Um, we have verbal or signed contracts with our non-conference opponents. And so you are projecting a little bit, you know, a couple of years out. Um, maybe you think a team's going to be a really good team, a tournament team, but they have a down year or the inverse. You think a team might be, because you don't want to play 10 top five games, I'll be honest. You, of course you not. Want, <laughs> you, you, but you do want challenging games. So you might think, no, oh, this team's a middle of the road, but they got a great year going. And 
you know, now you do have a little bit harder schedule or whatever it is. Um, I think at the end of the day, we're, we're trying to play very, you know, reputable um, programs, have a good balance of really challenging games. You think about World Juniors um, and the fact that we're going to be missing some guys. So, sure. you, you know, you, you schedule a Providence, um, a Notre Dame, a UMass, you know, early in the year when you can have all your guys. And so I think that's maybe what leads to it sometimes as well in coming out of the gates with real challenging starts. Um, but like you said, at the end of the day, it, it pushes us, it makes us better. We know that our league is going to do that. Um, you know, so you, you, you want to have a balance in the non-conference as well with some really challenging games and, and then some others that not necessarily that they're not challenging, they're still mentally really challenging. Um, and teams are going to give us our best every night. And, um, there's a high risk, low reward for, for some of those games, um, as well. So that's a little bit into the, maybe the non-conference mix and the philosophy around it, but we're thrilled to have Notre Dame and Maine, um, here for the icebreaker, an event that we haven't hosted since the 16th, 17th season. And I think that turned out pretty well. Do I remember correctly? That oh, year? We got swept. We got swept that weekend. Oh, um, no, it's not that tournament we, particularly, but the year yes. did. <laughs> the year turned out very well. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we, we got swept that weekend. And yeah. I remember coming in on Monday and we're like, oh my gosh, we got so much work to do. I, you know, we might not be a tournament team and, you know, we got to not blow this thing up. But, you know, you gotta, we got to change everything around. And BU was coming in the very next weekend. They were ranked yeah. number one in the country. And, right. um, you know, now we're thinking, gosh, we could go all in four to start <laughs> all at home. And uh, we end up sweeping BU and, um, start to year two and two and, and, and kind of go on in the rest of history, as they say. But, um, yeah, there's no doubt that year turned out well. Hopefully we start better knowing two. Um, but you never know. We're playing another team. Right. Absolutely. And they're, we'll, they're trying to win, too. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Uh, we'll come back on uh, uh, the Campus Lounge Coaches Show with Dave Carl. We'll talk about the leadership group for this year and the two games this weekend with some specificity as uh, Notre Dame and Maine will be taking on the Pioneers Friday and Saturday. This is the Campus Lounge Coaches Show with David Carl. Sandy Clough and coach David Carl, national championship coach of the DU Pioneers on the Campus Lounge Coaches Show with David Carl. And uh, before we get to the games this weekend, talk about your 93rd captain in the history of the program. That would be Justin Lee, the senior defenseman, and uh, uh, your uh, other captains, uh, Kyle Mayhew this year, uh, McCabe Webster, and Cater Mazur. Yeah, no, we're uh, thrilled about the group. Um, I think, you know, we, we let some time pass before, you know, kind of naming the group with so much turnover, we thought it'd be helpful to uh, let the new people be around the guys. So that was a little bit of our process. Um, and, uh, you know, I thought it went really well. And um, I think the, the guys emerged that, that are the formal leaders of the group. And I think they've, they've got a real good pulse on what it means to be a pioneer, what the work rate is required um, on a day in day out basis. And then um, also an ability to connect, you know, with their teammates um, out the rink and away from the rink to make it feel like a real family atmosphere. So everyone's feeling comfortable um, at the rink and away and, and being like they can be themselves, which is, I think, critical to a successful team environment. You and Air Force are co-hosting uh, the Icebreaker Tournament this weekend. You'll take on 
according to the USCHO.com rankings, the number 11 team in the country in Notre Dame on Friday, and you'll come back on Saturday with Maine, uh, kind of a program that's uh, uh, at the beginnings of uh, hopefully for them will turn out to be a, a rise uh, up to uh, the point they reached, uh, well, perhaps all the way back in 2004, uh, before you guys got in the way uh, in the championship game and knocked off Maine and won the national championship uh, in Boston, which seems to be uh, a good luck city for you guys. Uh, talk about Notre Dame first and uh, a coach who's had championship experience. Yeah, um, a lot of respect for Notre Dame and Jeff and Jeff Jackson, their head coach yep. and their staff. Um, you know, I think they do things the right way. Um, you know, it's it's a first class organization and um, we're excited to, to add them to the icebreaker this year. I think it'll be a great atmosphere. We've had them in our building before with sold out, sold out crowds and the team that's made the tournament a number of times, um, you know, that we've recently played back in uh, 2017 in the frozen four. And so a little bit of immediate history there for our fan bases. And, um, you know, they're, they're a bigger, older veteran team, uh, very disciplined in their structure. Um, you know, and, and it's going to be, we're going to have to earn every bit of ice that, that we can get against them. And I think it's going to be a great test early for how disciplined we can be within our game plan, um, to try and execute at a high level to, to try and, um, ultimately expose them and, and uh, make them uncomfortable. Heavy type of team, right? Yeah, yeah. No, they, they're, they're older. They, they recruit some size. They got some size um, through the transfer portal market. And, um, you know, again, it'll be good for our group to have to fight to get to the inside um, against a team that defends very well um, and also to have to defend against some size um, because they're – they, again, they're structured and, and they understand that the pucks have to get to the mid rink um, in order to have success. And so um, to do that against bigger disciplined players, um, you know, will be a really good challenge for our team. And I know that uh, you have different personnel, but the stylistic plan, I'm assuming, is the same. You want to play with pace. You want to have that lightning strike attack on offense even if it doesn't come early because you have a lot of points to replace, you know, you're a solid defensive team, but you want to play that same style, don't you? That won you a yeah. championship year ago. I mean, truthfully, I think, um, honestly, I think we might be faster without the puck this year um, than we were last year. I think our speed with the puck will take some time as our puck support builds and evolves. Um, we should people should see us get faster and more connected as the year goes. Um, you know, obviously we're, we're hoping that the starting point is at a high level um, here on Friday, but we understand it's also a really long season. And so, uh, but we've got some guys that can absolutely fly and, and they work without the puck. And um, so anyways, it, yeah, the identity of the group um, will be similar to what people have been accustomed to. Um, over the last number of years um, in what we've been trying to put together here. So uh, we're excited about the team. Everyone's integrating fairly well. And, um, but the offensive puck support and the play with the puck, that'll, that'll be the part where people see, okay, that looks a little different right now than it did last year. That'll take some time. Um, and it's our job as coaches to teach. It's our players' jobs, you know, to be patient and execute. And like we said, live in that process. 
your focus obviously now has to be on Notre Dame, but uh, a little bit about Maine. That's that's a rising program now, uh, a once great uh, program that's uh, building back up uh, uh, under a relatively new head coach. Yep, um, Benny Barr is a uh, fellow Shattuck St. Mary's alumni, yeah. and um, so know him a little bit from from those days. Uh, he was before me, but um, we we have the Shattuck handshake, as people say. And uh, you know, Benny's been a part of some really good staffs. Um, has helped build championship winning teams um, at Union, at Providence, at UMass, sure. and uh, really a bright, bright coach. And um, you know, I think. In year two, you're going to start to see a little bit more of his identity and what he wants the program and the team to look like um, on a night-to-night basis. So, um, you know, we're expecting Saturday to be a very competitive um, up-and-down affair um, with a lot of puck pressure. And, um, you know, they're going to be a big physical older team as well. So it'll be a, it'll be a really good challenge for us, two kind of different styles, but but similar in some ways too. Coach, it's been a pleasure. The 30 minutes have flown by, and I know we'll have a great deal of fun throughout the season with a lot more of these shows, including some live shows at the Campus Lounge. This has been the Campus Lounge Coaches Show with David Carl. And David, uh, our thanks. It's great to be with you once again. Awesome. Thank you, Sandy. Look forward to the year. And we'll see all of you next week as the Campus Lounge Coaches Show with David Carl continues Friday, Notre Dame. Saturday, Maine, the college hockey season getting underway in a matter of hours. We look forward to it, and we look forward to seeing all of you next week.